The Gemara says in the very end of Masechta Yuma, Tonadvei Rabbi Shmuel, Haroya Keri B'yoyim HaKippurim, someone that saw a seminal discharge involuntarily on Yom Kippur, Yida Kolashan Okula, he should be concerned, he should be worried all year round. The Imosoleishana, and if he passed the year, the year went through, he survived the year, Muftach Lo is guaranteed, Shuban Oilam Abba, that he has Oilam Abba. Amar Rab Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Rab Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, Teda, how do you know this? Because the whole world was hungry, so to speak, not having the satisfaction, not being able to have relations and so on. And he had the satisfaction, he had this, this particular discharge. Avdimi said that not only that, but he has long life and he, has, he multiplies and multiplies again. So the Rebbe asks, how do we understand this idea that at the very end of the Perik, that's called Yom HaKippurim, which is generally about the idea of tshuva, we should be concluding with something that seems to be a very, very negative thing. And furthermore, we need to understand how is it in fact that it's specifically through something that was something so negative, and yet he becomes a Ben Oil and he has increased life, etc., etc., Similar to this question, says the Rebbe, we also have a question on the general idea that the Gemara says that when a person does tshuva from ava, from love, then the averis that he has done intentionally now are turned into merits, into schuyos. As the Maharsha puts it, chayte, should the sinner end up benefiting and gaining just because he did averis, now he has even more merits. Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first having a look at the last mission in Mesech Yuma, where Amar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Fortunate are you, Yidin Lefnei, Mi'ata Metarin, in front of who are you purifying? Who is the one purifying you? Avichem Shabashamayim, your father in heaven. And he brings two psukim. Zarakti Aleichamayim, Tohirim Hashem says, I'm going to throw on you, I'm going to sprinkle you with pure water. Utahartim, you'll become pure. And another Pasuk, Mikveh Yisroel Hashem, Hashem is like the Mikveh for the Yidden. And just like a Mikveh purifies the impure, so to Hashem purifies Yisroel. In other words, we're being told over here two aspects within Tara. There's the Vizarakti, Hashem spraying the water, and is acting like a Mikveh. The Ragachavir explains that these are generally two ideas within Tara. One is the concept of Hazor, of sprinkling, like that which is the water of the Parah Duma that's sprinkled on someone that's Tomei, and Toivilling in a Mikvah. And there's a very big difference between these two. The sprinkling always needs to have Kavona, it's for the purpose of purifying, whereas Mikvah, a person could technically have Toivled without any intention, and yet he becomes Toir. This is also what we see in these Psukim. Vizarakti means Hashem is doing a Pu'ula, an act of sprinkling, Whereas mikveh is just that he, Hashem is the mikveh, but there's no particular act being do, ta, done. And just as it's as far as Hashem is concerned, so too, from the Yidin's perspective, there's also two sorts of purification, two types of tshuva. The Rebbe explains these are generally the tshuva, tshuva me'ahava, a tshuva of a Yid's love to Hashem that he's doing it purely because he wants to connect the return to Hashem. There's tshuva meyira, tshuva out of fear, because he's scared, or specifically he's suffering and he's having pain, and therefore he's doing tshuva. That's really, he's doing tshuva because of his pain and his suffering or his fright. The difference is in, in what, the, what the tshuva is going to achieve. When tshuva is done only out of fear, we say that the tshuva is going to 
be beneficial only from here onwards. It's gonna, it's gonna take care of the Aveira. Whereas Tshuva Me'ava from love, it actually uproots the Aveira as if it wasn't there to start with. We actually know that this is going to be a practical halachic difference when it comes to marriage. If a person says to a woman, I'm marrying you on condition you don't have any Averis, if she did have Averis and she did tshuva, so if it was tshuva meyira out of fear, that it's still considered as if she had Averis, so the condition are not valid. On the other hand, if she did it out of love, then it's considered it was completely uprooted, and it's as if she had no Averis and she's married. Says the Rebbe, even though the true kavanah to do tshuva is going to be with tshuva coming from love, but really within tshuva of love, there's also a number of levels. So here we're going to discuss two general levels. One level of tshuva where you're just uprooting the Aveira. The second level where it's actually transforming the Aveira into a merit. And this this kind of tshuva that's going to transform it into a merit is only going to be the tshuva that's with the real, in other words, it's only this tshuva that we say as the ultimate kavano, compared to the other tshuva, only this kind of tshuva is going to be the one that's going to transform the Aveira into a mitzvah, not only uproot the Aveira. The Rebbe says we see this again in halacha, that there's these different levels within tshuva me'ava as well. The Rebbe says if a person marries a woman on condition that I'm a tzaddik, and... We know he was a Russia up until now. We say it might be a Kiddushin because perhaps he had a Hiru Tshuva. He thought, he had a thought of Tshuva. Says the Rebbe, if this was Tshuva Meyira, it cannot be because then he wouldn't be considered a Tzaddik. So then it shouldn't be a uh, Kiddushin at all. So it has to be Tshuva Me'ava. The problem, however, is usually we know about Tshuva is even greater than a Tzaddik. So that this person still should not be considered married because he's even greater than a tzaddik, and even if you deceived the woman in something that ends up being better than you said that you were, in this case he said he's a tzaddik, and really he's about tshuva that's greater than a tzaddik, it also shouldn't be a valid kiddushin. However, the Rebbe says, the truth of the matter is, there is a level of tshuva that's only uprooting the Aveira, and not and not making him this bal tshuva that's greater than the tzaddik. The bal tshuva that's greater than the tzaddik is the one that the Aveira is even turned into mitzvahs, into merits. But when we say that the person is like a tzaddik and therefore it's a marriage, it's the normal tshuva me'ava where he only uprooted the aveira and therefore he's only like a tzaddik but not more than a tzaddik. So what is this ultimate greatest kavana and how does it transform the aveira into a merit? So we know that the Al-Tarebbe tells us in, in, in Tanya that because it is the aveira itself that brought him to such tremendous love and longing to the Abishter, like a person that was in the desert and doesn't have water and has a greater thirst, this person, because of his aveira, this aroused him to a much greater ava to the Abishter, that is why these aveiras themselves are now being transformed into merits. How do we understand this according to halacha? The Rebbe says we know there's a concept of certain things that are done as prerequisites to a mitzvah and then they become, to a certain extent, part of the mitzvah. The Rebbe gives examples of preparing the knife to be able to make a bris milan. In some cases, according to some opinions, you're even allowed to make some of those preparations on Shabbos because it's already part of the mitzvah. A higher level is, according to the Yerushalmi, when you build the sukkah, you would make a bracha, la soy sukkah, even though it's not the mitzvah yet of dwelling in the sukkah, but this is also already part of the mitzvah. And other examples that the Rebbe discusses over here. Says the Rebbe the same thing over here. 
Since in order to get to this highest level of tshuva me'ava, you only were able to reach it through that Aveira b'mezid, therefore now these Aveiris were elevated to become on the level of machshire mitzvah, things that are part of the preparation for the mitzvah. But the Rebbe is not completely satisfied with this. Because at the end of the day, these machshire mitzvah are still not the mitzvah itself. In fact, even when you make the sukkah, according to what the Yerushalmi said, that's also a mitzvah, it might be a mitzvah, but it's not the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah. And here, on the one end, we're saying you're doing something that's exactly opposite of merit. You did an Avera. Amazed. And yet you're telling me that it can be counted completely like a schus. How do we understand it? So the Rebbe says, the explanation is because we know that in every single mitzvah, we have the general idea of the mitzvah, that it's a mitzvah of Hashem. And an Avera, you're going against the will of Hashem. And then there's the many, many details of a mitzvah. So in the examples that we gave, let's say in the bris milah, that you're preparing a knife to make a bris. Or in the sukkah, you're building a sukkah to eat in the sukkah. So even though, yes, it's true that you're doing an act that's connected to the mitzvah, but these details that you're doing are actually not the same details and related to the details of the mitzvah itself, of eating in the sukkah or giving the bris. However, by tshuva, the point of tshuva is to return to Hashem, to decide you're not doing Averis anymore. In other words, the place of tshuva, so to speak, is not about a detail. You did one detail in the Avera, and now we're dealing with something else. Rather, you're going into the core, into the very place of the general idea of mitzvahs or Averis, and that's where the tshuva is happening. And since, if the tshuva is done from such tremendous love, with such tremendous thirst, that happened because of the zdoinois, that's why now they themselves are counted like merits. But again, that's only going to be if it's being done with a complete ava, with a complete love, with a complete kavana, then you could say that it's, the zodin itself is part of the avoidus hachuva, but if not, it only uprooted the avera, but it didn't actually transform it. The Rebbe gives a bunch of examples also of showing that in certain cases we do count the preparation for a mitzvah as if it's the mitzvah itself and it's preparations that are where you're doing something very similar to the mitzvah. The Rebbe gives examples, for example, in Chinuch, a father learning with a child, he's learning the same Torah he's going to be learning later. But now it's only a preparation and this becomes a mitzvah. We do mitzvahs in the times of Golas, according to the Safri, to prepare us for the time of the Gula. So it's a preparation, but we're doing the mitzvah itself, and now it's counted as a mitzvah. The Rebbe gives a bunch of examples of in the context of a mitzvah, also certain things that are originally counted as negative in regular cases, and sometimes the Torah itself is telling us to do it. The Rebbe gives example, uh, a bunch of examples, but one of the examples that Rebbe gives is when Elio Bahara Carmel offers up a carbon in a time where usually you would not be allowed to, and now it becomes a mitzvah. The Rebbe gives examples of cases of where pikuach nefesh is doichi kola So suddenly you're doing the Aveira even though usually, and Torah is telling you to do it even though usually you wouldn't be allowed. So here too the idea is that the mazid itself is now being what brought you and is being counted as the merits. It says the Rebbe, now let's go back and we'll understand the end of the Masechet about the person that saw that discharge in Yom Kippur. And he's worried the whole year, and if he survives the year, he's guaranteed that he has Olam Haba, and he has long life, and children, etc. So the Rebbe says, when we speak about worrying the whole year, this is really the avoid of Tshuva. That means... What happened was unintentional. Why did it happen? Was in order to bring him up to this high level of Balchuva, that level that a tzaddik usually can never even reach. So this was sort of Hashem did this to him. He said he should be able to reach this powerful level of tshuva. And when he has this concern the whole year, then he has the guarantee not only for Olam Haba, but even increased life in Olam Hazeh and children, etc. Says the Rebbe, this is the connection between this Gemara 
of seeing this, this discharge to the Mishnah that Rabbi Akiva said about the two types of purification that come from Hashem. As we said, one is the sprinkling that needs kavona, and one is the tevila, the mikveh that doesn't need kavona, because these correspond to the two levels of tshuva. You have the tshuva that comes out of fear, which is a tshuva, as we said, without an ultimate purpose of ka- real kavona to return to Hashem. You're just afraid not to be punished and so on. We have the tshuva me'ava, which is the ultimate and really doing it for Hashem. And in ava itself, tshuva me'ava, we also said there's two levels. There's the one where you're only uprooting the avera. But then there's a deeper level and you're actually transforming it into merits. And this is why the Gemara concludes also with the two steps. Number one is muftach loishub and oilam But This would correspond to a person where the avera was uprooted and therefore... He's not going to be missing anything. He's going to have his oil boy. He's similar to a tzaddik. But then even more than that is the person that we say that he's going to have long life and multiply and multiply again and have children and grandchildren. That he's not only, he's not missing anything, but similar to Zdoinis Nasa, the Kazachias, that all of the negativity was actually transformed. And now they become themselves into the greatest merits because he had the deepest kavana of returning to Hashem.